G'day guys and girls and welcome back to this week's edition of the Extended Bench Podcast. My name's Christian and as always on the other side of the desk is my mate Matt. How you doing today buddy? Not too bad, yourself? Mate, I'm excited for the most part because you know, second week of finals down, we're into yep. the prelims, it's, it's getting, it's getting serious. Yep. Uh, the, the only real question is... Are you in any prelims for <laughs> No, we are. Well, um, yeah, there are a few. Obviously, most fantasy coaches out there will have a few different leagues that they're in. So normally for at least one or two of them, you're in your prelim final yeah, for that. Yeah, hopefully um, you haven't been knocked out in everything. Oh, jeez. It's always a sad moment when you go through, you're in the middle of finals and you realize you've been knocked out of absolutely every league that you're in. Yeah, that hurts a little, but... But for thankfully it. for us, not this year. <laughs> Absolutely not. So we're going to dive right in and see if we can help you ahead of your prelim final matchups. And the first round of the, or the first match of last weekend's round was uh, Essendon versus Saints. And I mean, again, the Saints just haven't put in a competitive effort. They no, they started off pretty competitive, and but they fell away reasonably quickly. And when yep. they did, they fell away hard. It, yeah, and you can't really see what they've got to play for for the next two games either. It's really weird because I know Melbourne haven't been the the top of their game the past couple of weeks, but considering how closely these teams were being compared, Melbourne and Saints at the mm. start of the year, you know, people didn't know quite where they were going to fit in. It's amazing how much farther down the Saints have slid. It's yeah. Yeah, hopefully they'll pick up next year. They do have a lot of talent. But just in terms of fantasy, yeah. uh, I mean, Essendon had a massive scorer. So with St. Kilda giving up these many points, you know, some obviously we've, they've got Hawthorne coming up next week. Could yep. be worth loading up on a couple of Hawthorne and players. And North the weekend after. Mm. So North, not usually the most fantasy relevant team, but Hawthorne next week, particularly in your draft leagues, because that's where um, Hawthorne's players do tend to get a little bit of fantasy relevance. Mm-hmm. Um on the yeah. waiver wire, there tends to be a few Hawthorne players. Yeah, um, you could do far worse than look at some Hawthorne guys as uh, potential streamers for next week. Absolutely. So some of the uh, Essendon players who were big in last weekend's match was uh, David Myers. I mean, he's gone huge the past few weeks, actually. We've got a question about him a little bit we do, later. Yes. So we'll have to have a look at his we, numbers. We, yeah, we might have a look at his numbers and move quickly past him. Because Dyson Heppel, again, he's putting up some big numbers lately. It, he's, it seems, he's not a salary cap guy. Yeah, I'm just thinking it seems like only a week or two ago that he had a bad score. He did, yeah. So about two weeks ago, he had a poor score. Last week, he's had a fairly decent score. And this Mm. week, a monster score with 132. So just sort of reinforcing what you said. He's not really salary cap relevant. He's not consistently hitting 110 every single week to make him a must-have. Yeah, But but he's a great draft guy. Yeah, really great draft guy. Devin Smith, best forward all year. We move on. He's fantastic. If you somehow don't still have him in your forward line, get him in. Well, realistically, they're probably out of (laughs) You're out of finals if you don't have Devin Smith. Uh, Zach Merritt was fantastic as well. So was Andrew McGrath. Kyle Langford is another draft guy who was spectacular. Uh, Andy McGrath, actually, just going back to him. He's had a couple of good scores He has recently, had a couple of good he? scores. It just further reinforces that, you know, this is his second year. Sometimes mm. it takes a little bit of time. A lot of players have those second-year blues where they're getting used to their role in the side. Yep. Um, they're getting some more attention from opposition teams. So in your keeper leagues, don't back off of Andy McGrath because he hasn't, you know, just destroyed yeah, the world an interesting in this, one, this year. Because earlier this year, we would have been basically saying, don't look at him, he's just a flashy player that doesn't really have any fantasy substance. Mm. But he's had a couple of good scores recently from memory. I don't know what they are off the top of my head, but maybe one to watch list for next year. Yeah, perhaps. he's one to have a little bit of a look at because he will be very cheap. Uh, McDonald, Tip and Woody as well. This is probably his one game in every six that's a, a really good score. Uh, because he was averaging 64 going into this uh, weekend's round. So, you know, don't put too much on that 109 that he just scored. Uh, and Michael Hurley, great score from him. But, you know, of late, he's been throwing in some really low scores, in particular that 48 against Sydney. Mm. Uh, just not trustworthy as a premium well, I defender. mean, Saints don't really have a tall forward, a tall forward mm. besides Membry, who's a little bit undersized to be a true key position player. So oh, you can understand that Hurley would have had a um, pretty good game here. Yeah, a lot of marks in there, 13 marks. Uh, and there was an incident uh, we noticed with uh, between Nathan Brown and Adam Saad. Uh, looks like Adam Saad could be out for a couple of weeks as well. So yeah. that was a pretty serious concussion he got. He was stretched off Some the ground. Pretty epic whiplash. Yeah, it looked like a bit of whiplash as well. So, you know, hopefully he gets back. He's probably not in consideration even for draft leagues, though. No, I um, don't think so. Absolutely, uh, Nathan Brown isn't either. <laughs> no. Um, 
But one who is would be Brendan Goddard. Now, he went off with uh, look like oh, a, yes. a hyperextension of the knee. Now, I'm not 100% sure. I haven't heard anything about I've heard this. nothing. But, you know, with those knee hyperextensions, they can be pretty serious. Even if you just got some bone bruising or something like that, that can yeah. be one or two weeks out. So, they might try and mothball him for the finals or even just for the last round. Yeah. I know Essendon are on a precipice, but... Uh, then again, Brendan Goddard, he is a veteran, so you know there's not many years left in him. You'd probably rather him be out on the field and, and yeah. take the risk. It wouldn't surprise me if it's anything more than just a bit of soreness that they give him this week off and then try and bring him back for round 23. Yeah. Round 22, whatever round it will be. The yeah, round 23. Round. Yeah, that's the one. The final round. Mm. Uh, we'll move on to the Saints players because they had some big scorers as well dotted mm. in there. Seb Ross was the biggest of all. I mean, he was fantastic. Yeah, uh, two Been great scores back to back. 160 average, and then 140. Averaging 132, <laughs> I believe, over his last five. Wow. That's huge. That's massive. He has been absolutely huge. I mean, he's got a 160 in there as well, mm. including this 143. He's one to look at. for if you're looking for a midfielder, and we've got, we'll have some issues, obviously, with Josh Kelly coming up. We'll get to him in a minute. But if you are looking at a midfielder in salary cap, he's in that good a form that he's definitely one to look at. And Hawthorne have been giving up some scores lately, which is who St. Kilda will be running into next week. So Hawthorne, was it? Yeah, yeah. St. Kilda are playing Hawthorne next week. I forget who they're playing in the uh, grand final round, but um, it'd be very, very interesting. North Melbourne. North, North Melbourne? <sighs> Tough, but... But you never know. So that, North Melbourne gave up a lot of big scores to Western Bulldogs players this they week. They did, they did, yeah. So, and they don't look like themselves at the moment. So... Could be very interesting to Zebra, see. Zebra, 734000 <clears throat> So, yeah, pretty decent price there. A little mm-hmm. bit less than some of those other big-name go-to guys, Oliver and Cripps, that mm-hmm. um, people might be looking at. Yeah, well, like I said, we'll get to that when we cover Josh Kelly in just a minute. So, he's mm-hmm. definitely an option. Uh, Jack Steele was terrific. We've been singing his praises a lot the past month or so. He's been very, very solid. He's just, for draft leagues, obviously, it's probably averaging around about 90 to 92 for the season, um, which is solid without being terrific. But the past month or so, he's been very good. He's had a lot of hundreds in the mm. last little while. Um, yeah, great. Really solid draft guy. Mm. Um, sort of sixth or seventh midfielder. Yeah. You'd be very happy. Uh, Jack Billings with 102. He's actually averaging just over 102 in the last five as well. So... <laughs> You know, considering his season average, including those scores, is 84. So he had a horrible start. We all know that. Oh, uh, yeah, we know. But he's going to be cheap next year. Or he's going to be cheaper than he has the ability to the, score. The question is, I mean, we're all going to be suckered in again next year. Probably. Like, I'll put my hand up. I'll be suckered in again. Yeah, absolutely. The question is, what role will they give him next year? I, I'm not 100% sure. And he was playing a little bit off halfback every now and then as well. It's yep. really tough to see. I mean, if he's a defender, he could still be worth it because we are going to lose guys. Won't have played enough to get nah. defending status, but we're going to lose big guys as well in defence. I'm I'm interested to see who they bring in because obviously Andrew Brayshaw is going to be a pure midfielder next year. Elliot Yo is going to be a pure Angus midfielder Brayshaw. next year. Angus Brayshaw, sorry, no, I was like, what? No, what? <laughs> apologies, a- Angus Brayshaw. Yep. he's going to be a pure mid next year. So is Elliot Yo. Yep. Um, uh, who else are we going to lose? Uh, Jake Lloyd will still be a defender, so that's no issue whatsoever. They're the only two that really spring to mind for mm. me. Yeah, Laird will still be a defender. Whitfield will be a defender. So will Cade, Sim- well, Cade Simpson probably. Okay, this he'll is go his- around again. Yeah, but this probably is his last year of true fantasy relevance. I mean, you can already see him sloping just a little. Yeah. That could just be because Colton are awful this year. I reckon it might be. And with Doherty back in the side next year, for one more year, Simpson could be that quite useful. help a lot, yeah. Mm. Uh, so, so yeah, we'll get Doherty back. Yeah, the, oh, that'll be true. Oh, and Doherty will be cheaper as well. Yeah, Blakely back from injury. <sighs> mm, interesting. So there'll be a couple of them. Yeah, yeah. be good to see. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, we'll move on from Billings. David Armitage with another good score. Lewis Pierce in for his second game was really solid, actually. Really good, yeah. Now, I haven't heard anything on Hickey and Longer. I'm oh, they're out for the season. The whole season? Yeah, they're out it? for the season. All right, so Pierce um, so has Pierce, a good opportunity here. Definitely a good option. I mean, if you're looking for... Someone super cheap to bring into fantasy. He was priced at 170k going into this week, so you know he'll be cheap still. You can make a bit of money off if you've still got like Oscar McInerney or someone. Yeah. yeah. Um, if, if if you're in a two ruck um, draft league, draft league, you could do far worse than jump on. Oh, love it, absolutely um, love it. Because he's got what um, a Ben McAvoyless 
Mm. Um, that he, he might be back. Ben McAvoy might be back this week, but mm. probably the following. So he's coming up against Segler and... Uh, oh, what's the, the name of the other Pitney. lad? Pitney. Yeah. So, yeah, he could be an, in for another solid score. Mm. Which would be great to see. Another guy who got a pretty solid score was uh, Nathan Freeman with 68. Now, you'd be pretty happy with that on your bench. Yeah. So as your, law, as your bench guy... You know, a little bit of cover just in case, but also yep. someone you bought in super cheap just to make some money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was He was on 48 at halftime as well. Mm. So he had a really good first half and obviously just tired out a little bit in the second half. But yeah. um, some really good signs. Yeah. Uh, Jack Stephen was well below par. I mean, he was... Yeah, he, just the kick-to-handball ratio wasn't high enough um, for Jack Stephen. Uh, what yeah. was it? Uh, 11 to 12. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. No, I might, might be looking at someone else there. Um, yeah, Jack I'm, Stephen had 23 disposals. Yeah, just didn't find enough kicks, of the pill. 12 handballs. Yeah. And um, I reckon you might be looking at Blake Akers. Uh, 6 that's to 15. Mm. Kick to handball. Yeah, that, and that's what kept his score down very, very low. So yeah. if he can push that up next year, Blake Akers is going to be super cheap as well. Mm. Uh, anyone else you want to uh, talk about from St. Kilda there, Matt? Um, not... That are really probably relevant at this time of year. No, we'll probably move on. They'll to either this. be off waivers or the, you, they're not really salary mm. cap guys. So uh, there was another uh, classic between the Hawks and Cats as well mm. this weekend, which was an awesome game to watch. So Hawthorne just got the chocolate, seventy-one to sixty in the end. But there were some huge fantasy scores in there as well. <laughs> some like really big ones from from the guys you'd be hoping from as well. Of it, Tom Mitchell broke through his tag at the start of the game from Scott Selwood to get one hundred and thirty. Awesome, which is. I mean, we don't mention Mitchell often because we don't like talking about guys who are absolute dead set guns. Yeah, we know what they're going to deliver, but but Tom Mitchell did struggle a lot with tags earlier in the season, he did. and he did. it's good to see him work through one for another really good score. So 130 was terrific, finishing the year off really well. Burgoyne one out of the blocks for 110. He, he does was, this every now and again. He was averaging 70 going into this round. You know, yeah, just, but he does do this every as now you do. And again. But that is terrific. And another big one, James Warple, the Warpedo, was. Amazing, like yeah. I will, I'll, we really liked Warple heading into the year. It mm. was just a matter of whether there was a spot for him in the side. Yep. He's made a spot his own now. He's pushed yeah. guys like John O'Rourke out of the side, um, who I thought might have been a little bit ahead of him because he was a rookie. Um, so they probably played the same amount of games now. Yeah, true. Uh, <laughs> John O'Rourke. Ugh. Um, so yeah, James Warble, he's going to be great next year. Yeah, not and for salary cap, but for your keeper leagues, he, you'll probably have hit your lockout by now, so you won't have been able to pick him up off of the waiver wires. But next year, in your top up drafts for keeper leagues, Warple's going to go early. Yeah, he, he'll go reasonably early. I wouldn't think like massively early though. I think he's got the ability to find the pill for me. So, and he showed that at underage level. So he was an accumulator. He, the reason he was sort of uh, turned away from a little bit is his uh, disposal, mm-hmm. uh, which, as we all know in fantasy, doesn't matter anywhere yeah. near as much unless you're playing super coach. And, you know, he might be another gut accumulator that Hawthorne do need. So they've got Tom Mitchell. Jaeger O'Meara is that silk in the middle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but apart from that, you know, they don't, Daniel Howe doesn't get a super amount of the ball. Uh, Morrison's pretty good from what we've seen of him but he's playing, playing sort of off halfback half yeah. um, they, and you know obviously they'll be losing Burgoyne who again is more of that silk um, I, I just think there's a good spot for Warple in the side for next year and I think he's going to be very good for keeper leagues yeah Burgoyne is playing on next year mm. oh yeah true yeah I forgot about that but you'd think uh, how long have... is he going to play on for, by the oh, way? Oh, forever. He's forever. a champ. Um, you'd think he'd have reduced midfield yeah. minutes. Though. Liam Shields and Isaac Smith, another couple of Hawthorne guys who are terrific in this game. Good draft guys to have. Um, yeah, I, probably one of the big disappointment, disappointments for me was uh, Luke Bruce, who had been on an absolute tear and was looking the goods again. He was on about 40 at halftime, 45. But yeah, just couldn't finish it off with only 64. The Cats do have some pretty decent... They got some good knockdowns. Yeah. So you got to be careful, particularly uh, Tom Stewart. He's a, a hard matchup for. You is he know, back from injury? He is. Yeah, he was mm. playing this weekend, nice. but he's a particularly hard matchup for those yeah. small type forwards. Hughes is a pretty good lockdown as mm. well. Oh, absolutely. Uh, some of the Cats players we'll quickly move on to. Uh, Gary Ablett turned back the clock. He was outstanding in this game. One hundred and fifty-two points. He had a massive. 
just his second half was huge. I saw he, he did this last week too, didn't yeah. he? He had an amazing second half. He was fantastic. And uh, credit to uh, Calvin from the uh, DT Talk Boys. He uh, he picked this as well. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. He was Good his pick. captaincy choice number one because very nice. Just because of Gary Ablett's history against Hawthorne, if you actually he have a look back at it, them, yeah. he averages something like 135 against them or 140 against them in the last what six years or something stupid. Very nice. So it's absolutely ridiculous. So Gary Ablett, he was a great choice. Not so sure going. Then again, Geelong, I think they're playing Gold Coast. No, no, they're not playing Gold Coast this week. Who are they playing this week? They've got Frio. Oh, so that's a good score. And then they've got the Suns after that. That's a pretty good one. Gary Ablett could be a very, very good option going ahead. But will they rest him against the Suns if Geelong... Oh, no, Geelong really need to move up. Yeah, I don't think they can afford to rest. I don't think teams, luckily for us fantasy coaches, will really be resting players this year. A lot of the... It's too close to risk it. At this time of year... We're often really stressed about players getting rested, but it's just too close. I mean, Richmond might rest some players, but who cares about that because they're not fantasy relevant anyway. Yeah, there's really no one else that's got that spotlight no. saved up. So Ablett is 698000 So he's fairly he's cheap. only owned by 6.7% of teams. Reasonably so point of difference point as well. Of difference. Love it. Uh, and he's got a good history on Freo mm. as well from memory. Paddy Dangerfield is a forward. Uh, if you don't have him or Sam Menegola, by the way, both scored 126, get them into your side. Oh, again, you're They're, probably not in contention anymore anyway. Exactly, if you don't have... Well, I mean, I don't have Paddy Dangerfield at the moment. Are you in contention? Oh, I've got a couple of finals. <laughs> no, <you're laughs> not. But no, not no, realistically. Not. Um, Paddy Dangerfield did have an issue with, um, I think... Uh, there was some sort of injury issue from memory from Paddy. I think he always plays sores. Yeah, it could, could have just been like a shoulder or something like that. But realistically, fine. of course he'll play on. Um, next best score after the 126 to those boys was uh, 87 to Joel Selwood. So massive drop off. It's a big drop. 40 points down to the next I mean, those score. top three guys did get, what is it, like a hundred, uh, 90 to 100 disposals between them though Jesus. so they were terrific you know, there were not many other people actually needed to get the ball it was incredible but Joel Selwood 87 just not enough I mean in salary caps you move on from him if you've somehow still got him and in draft leagues I mean obviously you keep playing him because he is a champ but and those Geelong matchups are very good coming they are up very, very terrific so they, this is why players like Mitch Duncan as well yes he's been down but in draft leagues you've got to keep playing them because yeah. obviously they're Proven guns from the past with a good matchup coming ahead. Absolutely. Um, Tim Kelly as well. 64. Yeah, a bit disappointing. Um, I'm not sure how many people still have him, to be honest. Yeah, but good matchup. Like we, like we were just saying, good matchups mm. coming up, so play him on your field with some confidence. Uh, Tim Kelly still owned by 26% of teams, but you'd think a ghost lot of those chips. would be good chips. Yeah. So. Uh, quick word on um, uh, Rhys Stanley as well. So he looks like he's done a calf and should be out for this week. Yep. Which um, leaves the door open for that uh, that young Ruckman that just or youngish Ruckman Ryan Abbott Ryan Abbott yeah to uh, to come back in and play another game so yep yep or um, Zach Smith has been killing it in the VFL has he I I, I I thought he was injured to be honest I have no There's idea good chance he is well he was killing it a couple of weeks ago I don't mm. know if he still is yeah or he's like that prime minister we had once that like went for a swim at the beach and just disappeared no one ever saw him again that that is pretty much that's, my memory of Zach Smith that's a very very obscure long <laughs> bow to draw I, I, I think we should move on to the next game uh, Gold Coast versus the Tigers I mean this was always going to happen but I mean I thought he was going to get a good score I didn't think he was going to get 192 Jack Rewalt <laughs> wow this was amazing I mean 10 goals 6 as well <clears throat> and a lot of those misses were really gettable yeah I I probably should have seen something like this coming because uh, Rory Thompson being out uh, is a big loss for them, and he's the exact player who would have been playing on Jack Rewalt. Yeah, but they Stephen had, May. They had was Stephen playing. May, but Stephen May hasn't been playing a true lockdown forward position for a little while. They might have tr- tried it in this game. Mm, oh, might have helped well, a little bit. <laughs> you'd hope so, but no, I. It just looked like. Uh, there was no pressure on the midfielders either with the ball going into the yeah, forward line. Yeah, there were so a lot of easy hit-ups. It was too easy. A lot of easy hand passes straight over to him as well. Yeah, so um, awesome display from Rewalt. Fantastic. Um, more difficult matchup this week, though. Averaging 79 going into this round. Move on. I mean, he was, he's was he been solid, but he's not doing that again. Yeah. Uh, Josh Caddy was good. The annoying thing from my point of view here, from a fantasy point of view as well, mm-hmm. is how much Richmond dominated and yet... Yeah, Jack Rewell got 192. Incredible. Josh Caddy got 102, which is a very good score. Yep. And then there's 90s and 80s. 
You think it could be because they were able to go that direct? They, yeah. They just didn't take many disposals there's, to actually There's no get need to for the Collingwood style, you know, chip and mark yeah. plus sixes. There's no need for they that. They didn't need to. They were just direct. I mean, we've been saying for all year that, yeah, you just can't trust the Richmond uh, players and, in your fantasy team. And another little thing that I've noticed. Have you noticed watching... Do you watch many Richmond games? Yeah, I watch a few yeah. Richmond games. The commentators love their little tap-ons and things. Oh, my God. We, which are amazing. But get you no points. No points. And they do a lot of them. <laughs> Super frustrating. Um, Dusty Martin would have disappointed a lot of coaches who held on to him because he had, you know, this great matchup coming up. Mm. And 85 from the Brownlow medalist, you'd be hoping for more against the Suns. He didn't really need to show up, though, so just cruised through. That's what he's done all year, he's cruised through, to be honest. Um, They don't really need him that often. No, exactly. But, no, don't get me wrong, he's been great in uh, patches and he's done some Mm. spectacular things, but he's nowhere near his Brownlow medal. Uh, but that was last a pretty year. incredible year last year. Oh, it's terrific. Um, I think we might move on from there, actually, because, like we say... Rich- oh, quick word on uh, Kane Lambert. Has injured his ankle and gone uh, under the knife, so he will miss the last two games of the season, mm-hmm. uh, which means that you need to get him out of your fantasy sides. So if yep. you're rolling with him as a POD and salary cap, if you've got him in draft leagues, get someone, anyone off the waiver wire, because, yep, because he's gone. he's getting you nothing. Uh, on the Sun side, Jack Bowes with 116 was... I mean, this was great. I think but Bowes out, can be good. A lot of point. Gold Coast Suns players can be good, but the Gold Coast Suns are so terrible mm. that it's hard to gauge which one of them's, which ones of them will be good. There's probably yeah. only one or maybe two, three, four that I can guarantee will be good fantasy players and yeah. going forward. Um, if falling into that would be players like Ainsworth... Mm-hmm. Um, Fiorini, mm-hmm. um, I mean, Tuke Miller could be a middling draft guy. Yeah. It's, there's, I don't have a super amount of confidence. Jack Bowes could be one of those As guys. As an underager, he was an accumulator mm. um, and played midfield. He's been sort of playing, I think he started his career playing halfback. Mm. I'm not sure what he played this week. He was rotating but, halfback in the, through the midfield. Yeah, but I mean, he has potential. You'd think he's, he's probably free in a lot of, leagues I reckon yeah. a lot of keeper leagues um, oh, he I, absolutely I, would I'm be. not saying go out and grab him because this is just a one off game mm. but I don't know watch his preseason. I think at some point he could break out oh, as a draft guy you'd hope so because you'd hope a lot of these guys would um, speaking of Fiorini as well came uh, this is the, his first sort of big score after getting those uh, those 80s in a, a couple of weeks in a row back from injury uh, 110 from him he was playing on Trent Cochin for the game actually so mm. He was sort yeah, of tagging, sort of just going, following him to the ball. Yeah, I read an article saying he actually quite enjoyed that role. Mm. So I think probably what they'll do is they'll they'll line him up on a couple of stars again for the last two weeks, just to give him a bit of a, you know, uh, an education in how yeah. to find the hard ball. Because I yeah. mean, he's going to be a star, fantasy star going forward. There's yeah. no doubt about that. Uh, David Swallow was solid. Uh, Pierce Hanley on return from injury was solid, but I think he he got injured again. It was like a tweak to his left hamstring or Did something he, I like that. that. Um, so and it was in the fourth quarter, so ugh, that mm. sucks for Pierce Hanley. Yep, can't can't take a trick. No, but uh, after that, really, no no signs of life to be honest from uh, the Gold Coast Suns. Not a lot going on there. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Will Brody sustained a hamstring injury in the second quarter as well. So yeah, and he was looking good up until that point. He was he was thirty two points uh, somewhere towards the end of the second quarter. So could have been in for a solid score. Uh, yeah, not too much, unfortunately, to talk about. So we might move on to the uh, fourth game of the round, which was the absolute cracker if you're a West Coast fan and the absolute the disappointment, heartbreak. the heartbreak if you're a Port fan. I feel sorry for Port. They have had two very difficult losses mm. and a lot of injuries out of them as well. I think I saw somewhere that Port Adelaide have lost their last five or six games to West Coast at Adelaide Oval by, like... Almost under ten points each. So each of those That's losses tough. were under ten points. Like they've all been close, and That's tough. I reckon they would have got it if they actually had a bench. Yeah. Oh, it, oh, absolutely. They they would have won. I, I would suggest. And this time structure was very much affected by um, lack of rotations, and you know it's a really tough game sometimes. But I mean, just for the you know the the AFL community, it's always good to see a kick after the siren to win a game. It's always great fun. <laughs> Um, so some of the fantasy scores, a few good ones on the West Coast side of things. So Elliot Yo, absolute gun. Uh, Scotty Lysett was terrific. Ryder did go down with injury, yeah, so though. so he would have been rucking 
relatively unopposed for a little bit of that. I would. Say, it's going to be very interesting though because Vardy and Lysette are actually a half decent ruck combo and have yep. been wearing ruckman down. Yeah. Um, yeah. Including Brody Grundy, who they kept to a very low score. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Max Gorn this week. Yeah, and Gorn is carrying a calf injury mm. as well, so if I'm he's being, a little restricted. I, I wouldn't be worried about playing Max Gorn, obviously. He's yeah. one of the top but two. But I wouldn't be expecting one of his 110, 120 scores. I, I wouldn't think. be captaining him, that's no. for sure. Oh, no, definitely not. Um, I think he has he, a good record against West Coast. The conversation as a captain. He personally. has a good record against West Coast. Really? Um, and Max Gorn has been tossed up as a captaincy option a lot through the year. Um, yeah, but I wouldn't for this game. No, no, not against the, the opposition and also with the calf injury. But just in case it was something you were thinking of for left field, don't do it. Uh, Mark Lacroix, 103. Great score from him if you yep. were kicking around with him as your last spot on a, a draft forward line. Happy with that. Great to see that. Uh, Luke yeah, Shuey. away a bit, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, Luke Shuey with a 91. Jeez, a lot of... We actually uh, really petitioned for a lot of people to bring him in he had about a, good a month ago. Yeah. He had a great run. He went out of the side late against North Melbourne in Tasmania. Yep. <laughs> that was the week after or I bought him in. So yeah, same. I bought he him missed, in that week. Yeah, I bought him in that week. He missed that first one. And since he's come back, he hasn't been hitting those 110s that he was averaging prior to that. It's... No. Just one of a long list of bad decisions we've made this year. And and they're bad decisions that don't seem to be bad decisions at the time. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah, the worst. Uh, But it does fall away, like you say. Uh, Redden, with an 82, he's been doing better than that lately. I think he's been averaging 110.2 over the past five. And you threw threw him up as an option last week as well. I did, yeah, as a possibility. But, yeah, they were quite well held. It was a a really close game, to be honest. Yeah, and and West Coast have Melbourne this week, as you said. They Mm -hmm. don't give up an awful lot of points as a rule. So... um, yeah, steer away from West Coast players this week I, if you I, can. Absolutely. Uh, just for draft league owners or keeper league owners mainly, it was good to see Dom Sheed vaguely work his way into it in this game. So 78 is much better than he has been doing. Hopefully he can work on being more consistent towards the back end of the season. Because at the moment, he's not looking like a keeper. Um, I would agree, yeah. With what he's producing. but He can't even get in the team yeah, half the time. Hopefully he can show something towards the uh, end of the season and into finals. Uh, mm-hmm. On the power side of the ledger, Tom Jonas, top scorer he with 118. He had an amazing start to the year, mm-hmm. and then he's been missing with injuries. So um, I think this is his third game back, and his previous yep. two were 40s or 50s or something. So he's, Over his season, he's averaged 80, which as a defender, or just over really 80, good. is terrific. That's your second last well. or last defender on the bench. Oh, yep. Not on the bench, sorry, on your field. In draft leagues, that's fantastic if you can get yeah. those sort of scores. And the way he scores is intercept marks. Absolutely. Um, so it's, I think it's very matchup dependent. Um, mm. This was a good one because there was no um, Kennedy. No so he Kennedy. was able to play loose. Exactly. Um, not going to happen every week, though. So be careful. Cautious, you know, yeah. yeah, take that with a grain of salt. Um, Jasper Pittard, 106. It was, it was in the back line a fair bit towards the end of the game, and he did get a few cheap plus sixes, which is why he was on 12 marks, and why Jonas was on 13 as well, yep. which are huge numbers. Ollie Wines was in and under for 103. It's good to see him get a, a better score after <laughs> some of his runs lately. Yep. Only averaging 96 for the year. I really thought he would have done more than that. Yeah, I think we've been waiting for him to break out into that Uber premium mm. for a couple of years now. Yeah. He might not. Yeah, exactly. I'm not 100% this sure. Might be, this might be Ollie yeah. Wines from a fantasy perspective. Yeah. Might be like thinking like a Liam Shields almost scorer-esque scorer. Yeah. Just a draft Somewhere guy. around about 95 to 100, that's what he's going to average. Yep. Solid draft guy. Yeah, not your Uber 110 plus premium. Mm. It sucks, but it might be true. All right, big thing to talk about here, which from Port Adelaide's point of view, yes. which is Charlie Dixon going down injured. Now, that doesn't matter too much for fantasy point of view because he wasn't averaging terrific going in, so not a lot of pl- coaches would have had him. No. But it's the impact, though. It's the impact on the structure. Does Tom Rockliffe get chucked forward? Does uh, Wingard get thrown forward more often? I say yes. The to Wingard both. or to... You reckon both? I don't I think both. I reckon they will do a little rotational type thing mm-hmm. where all of those sort of mid to small forwards, your Greys, Wingard... Um, Rocky potentially, yep. um, Sam Gray, um, anyone else that I'm forgetting about, they'll both. do yeah, both. Like they'll all try and pick up the slack as a unit mm-hmm. with a little bit each. Yep. So I think it will be enough to actually impact their midfield minutes though. I have a different theory. My theory goes along the lines of they don't actually have a key forward now. So mm-hmm. 
they need they can't play all medium or all smalls. Even Richmond has Jack Rewalt up in the forward line. Yep. I think that Westhoff is going to be plonked up in the forward line as a pure forward, which is really going to limit his ability to score around the ground because that's how yep. Westhoff gets a lot of his yep. score. Yep. And that worry. I mean, all of them. I'm worried about. If you've yeah. got Wingard, I don't have an issue with getting moving him along. If you've got Rockcliffe, don't have an issue with moving him on. But if you haven't got either of those two guys, and you've got Westoff, mm-hmm. I also don't have an issue with preemptively moving him on. If you've got a, a do or die matchup this week, which yeah. obviously so prelim finals, that's, that's pretty fair enough. If you've got any one of them, move them on because mm-hmm. there's a good chance they'll get extra forward minutes, um, and we don't know what that'll do to their scoring. But yep. we can guess probably nothing good. Mm-hmm. Um, what about if you've got all three of them? Who would you be most who would I move concerned on first? About? Uh... I'm going to... And I'll tell you who they're playing, because that might have an impact. They have um, Collingwood this week. All right. They have Collingwood, so... And then they have Essendon. All right, so... And Collingwood don't really have a super tall defence at the moment. They don't, no. Which means that they... So Westhoff might actually be able to... There's two schools of thought, because you could think Westhoff could take some marks and be a really good forward... Or that one dude who's the tall defender at the moment, that Magden or whoever he is, could <laughs> could uh, man him up. He is an athletic uh, beast, yeah, that Magden. I'd he looks pretty good. Back Westhoff over him, though. Um, oh, I don't know. Westhoff, uh, he's not a contested marking power forward anymore. Um, mm. I haven't seen him be a number one forward in quite a while. That's just he hasn't needed to. Yeah, that's true. It doesn't but mean he can't. It, but it doesn't mean he necessarily can as well. It's a, it's a tough call. Um, uh I mean, if I was to rank, which ones I would... I would probably say I'd get rid of Rockcliffe first. Agreed. Westhoff second, Wingard third. Agreed, yeah. yeah. So that that would be yeah. my order. I'd be most concerned about Rocky because I think he is the... He can hold... He could probably play tall. Yep. So he could potentially go forward and play as a tall, even mm-hmm. though he's not. Um, Westhoff, I tend to agree I think that's probably what they will do yeah. and Wingard I think probably has the most scope to just do bizarre Wingard things and get enough of the ball to yeah, score because I think they'll play Robbie Gray still up in the forward line and I yeah. don't think they'll go Gray and Wingard as both perma forwards I don't think both of them would be used as perma forwards it would be surprising which would mean that at least one of them will go more into the midfield and I think that's going to be Wingard so like I say I, I would rank them and you agree Rocky Westoff Wingard, that's the order to yep. get them out. But I, I maintain I think all of them will pick up a little bit more forward time. Absolutely, I agree. So it's it's just a tough one. A uh, quick word on uh, Jared Linett before we move on. He's been terrific, hasn't he? He's been really good, yeah. Really solid. I mean, he's been, it's great to have these sort of cash cows towards the end of the year so they can at least sit on your bench and give you a bit of cover. Yep. And is it, it's good to see him playing with... Um, both Burn Jones and Pittard, mm-hmm. because I was a little worried about whether all three of them could actually function together for an extended period. The player who wasn't in, though, and I think he sort of forced out, Riley Bonner, who was uh, looking yes. like an absolute star at the start of the year. So, mm. be interesting to see. All right, we might move on from there because we've talked about Port Adelaide for long enough. Uh, next game of the round was Collingwood versus Brisbane. Close towards the start of the game, I think Brisbane are starting to tire a little towards the end of the season. Yeah, that's understandable. But they're still putting in, if not good halves. Yeah, put, putting together good good halves, good quarters, and it's yeah. really enjoyable football to watch. Like yeah, Brisbane are one of the few teams, apart from the team I support, that I really enjoy watching every <laughs> week because they always put in their best and they have a great style they're, of footy. They're definitely getting there. Yeah. Um, so Collingwood uh, top scorer Jaden Stevenson was absolutely fantastic. Didn't need a, a, a bag. bag of goals to do this either. He had Only two, just two goals for this. Twenty-five touches, yep. eight marks, two tackles, mm-hmm. good kick to handball ratio. Again, Pretty solid game, really. Yeah, very, very solid game. Great to see. Playing Brisbane, who are a bit down. Uh, obviously, we know what Collingwood's done with injuries. I'm not sure whether he's going to pick up a super amount of midfield minutes next year with players like Trelaw back. Um, Adams is obviously still there. You've got Sia, who's been pushing in lately. I, I think he'll be played as a forward quite consistently next year. But he was still scoring very I'm well as a I'm just thinking. Forward. Like, I know that... Um... Collingwood have got a lot of injuries, but they're primarily tools and forwards, yeah, not no, midfielders. Yeah. Or well, it's it's Trelaw is the main one, and then you've got Sia who missed out on this game, um, and a couple of other midfielders. But, I mean, Stevenson has been scoring well even with Trelaw in the side. Oh yeah, absolutely. But he was scoring well as a forward, 
So that's that's all I'm saying. I'm not sure what his midfield minutes will be like next year. I, I could see him doing a little bit of a Taranto next year. You reckon? Yeah, maybe not to the same extent because Taranto was amazing mm. starter this year, but I could definitely see him being solid next year. Yeah, yeah, I, oh, I definitely think he's going to be solid, and he's definitely going to be worthy of a forward line spot because he's obviously still going to have forward status. Yeah, uh, it will be interesting if Fasolo and Elliot can get back next year. Whether that because that yeah. I'd be more concerned about that impact if he's playing forward. Mm, that's true, rather than any impact on his midfield minutes. Yeah, that's a good point. It, it'll be interesting to see once Collingwood have something closer to their best 22 what his role is in the side because if he does get pushed out of the forward line by Elliot and for solo um, uh, you've got obviously players could, like could he play wing maybe he could play a wing um, they've they've got um, old mate hamstrings uh, or old mate calves in the team to come back as well um, uh, Wells Wells about. Daniel Wells Wells um, <laughs> um, oh, worst Wells. fake laugh ever um, so yeah that'll be interesting to see if he does push up onto the wing whoa, he is going to score a truckload of fantasy points next year um, Jack Crisp was on like 25 points at half time and somehow powered on in the last half back to back tons yeah I just thanks Jack Crisp just being a dick frustrating being so a fr- dick he'll probably go 60 this week mm. Sorry, actually, I thought Brandon Seer, Braden Seer wasn't playing in this game. My bad. Uh, he did score Mind 98 you, Not only game. did he play, he, he played, played well. very well, yeah. <laughs> um, look, their second-tier guys actually scored very well. Or Like, Taylor Adams has been viewed as a bit more of a second-tier guy this year with a 93. Be, eh, not super. I mean... Oh, it, I mean, it, yeah. Okay, but not yeah. what we would have wanted from Well, him. players like Steele Sidebottom and Scott Pendlebury. Sidebottom had 97 and Scott Pendlebury in particular had 74 with Phillips on 79 Ooh, wow. as well. Just poor scores that you wouldn't expect necessarily from a Magpies lineup. Now, uh, this is just a gut feeling, but mm-hmm. I feel like the Magpies have been... They haven't been the high-scoring team we've come to expect for a few weeks now yeah I think there comes a tipping point with injuries with every single team and I think that this has caused such an imbalance to the general structure of their team that they're not playing the way that they usually do Mm. Um, and when they have won you know they they toughed it out against Sydney last week even though they didn't get the chocolates Um, uh, they've beaten Brisbane who are you know not as good a side as them this week I, I just think that the injuries have affected their structure in a massive way and that has affected their fantasy scoring a little bit as well. Yeah, but again, I come back to it, the injuries are primarily key position posts. Yeah, but that affects structure quite a bit. So if you have to move some of these guys, like the halfback guys, on into more defensive roles... Yeah. It does. It doesn't lose... Uh, but it doesn't impact... I wouldn't think it would have a massive impact on your midfield scoring. Could have if an, anything, there was more ball going through the midfield because you. it's not being held in the forward line as much or it could just be that they need to keep the ball specifically out of their defense like because they just don't have any cover down there so they're just bombing it out they're not doing the quick you know those cheap little plus sixes um through the middle and along the wing yeah i'm not convinced that injuries are the reason i well it's the only reason it's the only is there any other they're just you not know scoring factor, the way they used to but what other factor would you Game put that down changes? to I, i've been watching them they I don't know. They, there has been a game style change, but why would you change your game style if you and as Collingwood were winning, if you know there wasn't another factor? So surely they didn't just uh, Nathan Buckley didn't sit down and think, right, we're going to change our game style, you know, this week because yeah, yeah. But but I what I feel that it's been a year long progression. Their scoring has been getting steadily worse for most of the year. Oh, I, I disagree with that. It was up until oh, about a month ago they were still scoring very well. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't given it a lot of thought. Yeah, but side, just... side bottom was still scoring quite well. Pendlebury was scoring very well. Yeah, I just feel like there's a lot of their guys that haven't been scoring as well as we would have liked for most of the year. I mean, side bottom's been down lately. Um, Pendlebury's been, been down, down lately. Pen- Adams has been down most of the year, but he was terrible at the start anyway when they were scoring well. Um, Phillips has, was good up until a certain point and then trailed off. Um, but As I said, I haven't given it a lot of thought, but... I don't know. Interesting to see. Uh, Jordan Ngoi back as well with a 79. Good to see from him. And he'll he'll push on from that as well after his uh, his injury issue there. Uh, is there any other magpies you want to talk about? Uh, I don't think so, no. Push on? <clears throat> All right. So, Brisbane. I mean, yep. Alex Witherden. <sighs> Top six? Top um, six defender? Oh, 
we've got a question about that actually. So we'll put okay, we'll, we'll, we'll leave this then. one because uh, and we'll discuss Alex Withen versus Kate Simpson in the uh, okay. in the question segment. So our yep. our mailbag. Um, Dane Beams was very solid with 110. Great game from him. Coming up against uh, Gold Coast next week could be very interesting. Could Dane be. Beams could be. Um, although you would expect Fiorini or Miller to sort of lock onto him, or they might go to Zorko. Could do well, or both. Know, that's the thing. I, I think both of them will get tasks next week, and the only two you tag from Brisbane would be <laughs> Beams and Zorko. True. Who goes to who? I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, yeah, it does fall off a little bit from there. Some solid scores from Robinson and Christensen in the 90s with Hodge as well for those deeper draft leagues. Yep. Uh, Steph Martin with an 84 again. He's he's struggling to get those hundreds. Yeah, he's mm. going at about 80 odd at the moment. Yeah, I'll, although I'll again, he's had a run of some really good ruckmen, including you know, uh, so a Brody Grundy this week, obviously. And did Grundy get this week? 89. Uh, yeah, he, so so they pretty much fought each other. To Steph a Martin still, has been cancelling out a lot of good ruckmen this year. He did the mm. same to Gorn as well. Yeah, um, yeah, he's he's been very solid from a game sense. So. It's going to be interesting to see what happens to him next year. Uh, yeah, and from beyond there, there's not too many to talk about. You know, players like McCluggage, Berry, um, you know, all these young guys, Arena, are going to get so much better going ahead next year and the year after. So make sure that you load up on Brisbane Lions players in your keeper leagues because yep. they're absolutely... Uh, was anyone taking Zorko for 61? Uh, I think he was being looked after, but I don't think he was given a hard tag. Brisbane as a whole just didn't perform particularly well, to be honest. Yeah, they uh, yeah they just weren't up to it this week, I don't think. And like I say, I do think that they're tiring a little bit towards the end of the season after showing a lot. It's a long season, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Giants and Crows. This was another good game, actually. This was really tight. Um, 106-92. Giants got ahead in the end. And Lockie Whitfield was probably best on field. He was absolutely amazing. Or if... Maybe tied with the next man I'll mention, but he was absolutely outstanding, Lockie Whitfield. Yeah, 30 um, disposals, 11 marks, 3 tackles, 1 goal, 1. Um, he's had a great year. He's had a great year, a except, year, except for that period at the, you know... The, that period where people decided to tag him for a month or so. Yeah, he was, he was a midfielder, and then he got cheap, and then he we brought him into defence when he was given defence status, and he was terrible for a little while. Yep. Uh, which is also happen- happenstance of when I brought him in. So, <laughs> of course, <laughs> just another great decision on the year. Yep. Um, Rory Lobb is the other guy I was talking about. He was terrific, and obviously Dawson Simpson going down uh, mm. with injury. Rory Lobb is the main ruckman at the moment. He had, had 40, 40 hitouts against Sam Jacobs' 55. Yeah, so I actually... I was w- wondering whether we were going to talk about him or not. Mm-hmm. Um, Rory Lobb? Yeah. I'll put stocks in him. 40 hitouts, 8 tackles. Loved it. Okay. Yeah, loved it. See, this is almost a role reversal from the beginning of the year mm-hmm. where I was high on him and you and you were saying, oh, no, no, it's... which was the right decision in the end because yeah, he played forward was. pretty much the entire year. Now I'm like, it's too little, too late. Well, it's not too little, but it's just too <laughs> late in the year. He's just not relevant fantasy-wise this year. What I'll say is he is relevant this week and next because... Uh, he's got if he's playing pure ruck yep. he's got the ability to get those extra points from hitouts to get those tackles and he can tackle he's had 8 this week which was a uh, second highest for the team just behind Tim Taranto who had 10 um, and you know he wasn't he got a goal uh, you know so he didn't need to kick a big bag to get a score which is so the thing. what sort of uh, are you saying Draft or draft, not salary cap. I wouldn't okay. be replacing Gorn or Grundy, but if for draft leagues, if he's on your waiver list yeah. because he has scored poorly this year, so he's owned by seventy nine percent of leagues. Yeah, so that's... he's available in twenty one, mm-hmm. which is actually more than I was expecting he would yeah. be. So, and I would suggest that a lot he was actually owned by a significantly smaller amount going into last week just before uh, Dawson Simpson got injured. So he would have been yep. picked up straight after that from I guess my thinking was he's not relevant in salary cap. And no, in, no, not in salary in cap. In draft leagues, you're either going to be playing one ruck, in which case you're still not interested in mm-hmm. him, or he's already taken, because there's not enough rucks for two ruck leagues anyway. Yep. So that's why I think it's a non-event. The only real decision is whether you're playing him on the field or not, if you've got a third ruckman. If you have a one ruck league, and you have someone like Sam Jacobs, I would play... Roy Lobb over Sam Jacobs. That's a big call. Hmm? 
Or if you have... Who's another sort of that second-tier Ruckman? Goldstein, I'd play Goldstein ahead of him. Uh, Wits. Gro- no, I'd play Wits ahead of Van him. Curvis if he comes back. I'd play Lob over Nankervis. Okay, interesting. Mm-hmm. He plays Sinclair this week. Actually, that's an interesting one. Yeah, Sinclair, Sinclair gives or, up points. Would you play Sinclair or Lob? Lob. Hmm, interesting. Sinclair gives up points to Ruckman. He does generally very well himself, mm-hmm. uh, particularly around the ground, but he gives up points. Okay. It's a very interesting one. Yeah, I'm not completely sold, but I hope he goes well because mm. I've got him in my keeper side, so I yeah. need him to. I'd be very interested. So if you had someone like a, you know, one of those second-tier Ruckman, if, if you'd, it'd be a ballsy call and you know, you'd have to be the underdog going in. But, you know, if you're not happy with the possibility of getting like a 75 or an 80 or something like that from, you, feel you know, you need something a little bit and extra. you feel you need to go for something a bit extra, I reckon he could be yeah, a good option. Give it a go. Uh, Dylan Shield with 102 and Harry Himmelberg for 101 were both solid as well. And Tim Taranto too, still a forward, so 91 points. You'd be pretty happy with that. Happy with that. Yeah. Um, Hopper, I just want to mention because mm-hmm. um, we put him in the, um, was it top? 20? Top 20. Top 20 under 23, mm-hmm. uh, from a keeper perspective, that yep. we did mid-season. Um, and we got some feedback suggesting that perhaps he may not have deserved <laughs> the spot. Um, his last four weeks, he's gone, I think, two tons he's and 80 tons and a 90. An 80 and a high 90 as well. So he's so. starting to maybe turn the corner a little bit and get some continuity. So yeah. um, he'll be an interesting one to watch for next year. He'll be a very a, interesting one for next from year. From a draft perspective, uh, I think. Because he has been playing a little bit up forward as well. Mm. So if he does get somehow dual position, because they will have to throw in some curveballs. They will, yes. Uh, Jacob, Jacob Hopper could be a very decent one to look at next year. Um, Heath Shaw was injured as well, and it looks like Heath Shaw is going to be out for the rest of the season as well, or the rest of the fantasy season at least. The rest of the fantasy season, yeah. So, you know, you have to, it looks like you have to move him on from draft leagues yeah. uh, and just pick up someone, anyone off the draft, off the waiver wire. Yeah. Um, the GWS. Um, second tier players might be an interesting place to look mm. for waiver picks this week because they will. They've also lost Josh Kelly's. Josh we'll, Kelly we'll talk about that in just a second. Reed, Sam Reed, I think. Yeah. Um, so they'll have to make a few force changes. So yeah, it might will. be an interesting place to look mm. for waivers. Mm. And good for some of the depth guys that you kept, like Aiden Bonner, those yep. sorts of guys, because I don't think they'll be dropped. I don't think they can afford to. Yeah, they absolutely can't. All right, so let's quickly talk about Josh Kelly. Uh, yeah. If he is injured, so obviously he he's, got, he's got the concussion. If he looks like he's going to be out this week, I would suggest drop him. You can't... It's finals. It's a prelim final. You can't hold Agreed. someone on your bench. Not that value. You, you need to switch into a playing premium. You've got to just stream players. Um, now, so, we talked earlier in the season about our top eight midfield. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I'm going to generally say that a lot of midfields that are in contention for finals look like this. So, there was Tom Mitchell... Mm-hmm. There was Matt Crouch, mm-hmm. there was uh, Zach Merritt, Josh Kelly, Steve Canelio, uh, Jack McRae was in there, Andrew Gaff was in there, and I must be and Clayton Oliver snuck in as well. He was our eighth. So mm-hmm. those were our top eight. Andrew Gaff went out of that. Yep. And I would suggest that for well for me at least and for a lot of other players out there, Paddy Cripps was yep, the one who snuck straight in. Put in. So. Let's just say that they're all you, the you have to work towards... That is the midfield that you kind of want. Yeah. If you if you already have those players and you've lost Josh Kelly... The, who's we, the next? Yeah, who's the next one? Who's the next cab off the rank? Yep. Um, some of the players that I would be looking at would be uh, Seb Ross. Who is 734,000 mm-hmm. and owned by only 2.3% of teams. Absolutely. Uh, Gary Ablett, we mentioned earlier with that... Awesome run home. Yep, 698,000, owned by 6.7% of teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lockie Hunter would be an interesting one to have a look at as Ooh, well. Okay, 693,000, 3.2% yeah. of teams. You, can you just jump on his stats? Because he has had a very good run recently, and he's coming up against Carlton this week. Lockie Hunter. Yeah. Give me one second. No worries. So he's... And, He's one of those scorers that if he is against one of those underdog sides, he can just rack up the ball. He can. On, on his day, if mm. the ball's on his wing, he can go very well. Yeah, right, so Lucky Hunter's... Um, what's his last few games like? So he has had six tons in a row. 
going back to round 16. Mm-hmm. 106, 117, 104, 103, 102, and a massive 142 this week. This week. Um, he played Colton in round 6 and got 104. It's not the worst option. Definitely not, not the, worst. the worst option. Those would those would be the ones that I'd be looking at. Taylor Adams, you could no, I wouldn't look no. at Taylor Adams. No, um, I, I'm not a. I mean, I've bagged him out a little bit previously. You could look at Dane Beams. You could. There is I, a, I'm a danger of being tagged. It's such a, a double edged sword here because you know, yes, he's coming up against Gold Coast, and that could be absolutely amazing. He could go bananas, but. He could be the one of two players that Gold Coast look really closely at and set Took Miller or um, Braden Fiorini on. Yeah. So, but otherwise, they're probably the guys that mm-hmm. I'd be looking at as well. And I, personally, I think um, Seb Ross and Ablett are probably the two. Yeah, I'd be going Ablett to be honest. Yeah. That that'd be my top one with that that run that he has. So uh, Ablett, Seb Ross would probably be my second pick. I kind of like Lockie Hunter as an out of the blue. Sort you're of pick you're a Lockie Hunter fan. I'm a Lockie Hunter guy, and then probably Dane Beams would be my last one out of those. Yeah, um, I'd be comfortable with Ross and Ablett. Yeah, not so much Lockie Hunter, but I he does have upside. He does. Um, technically, fun fact: Lockie Hunter is averaging more than Dane Beams for the year. So 104 cool. to 103. <laughs> so. You know, if you're if you're worried about it, you can you know choosing Hunter over Beams. You can just say that he's actually been better all year. Yeah, Hunter uh, does have a good ceiling as well. Mm. Uh, yeah, so hopefully that helps with the uh, Josh Kelly issue. Obviously, if he's named on the field, just play him. Just you know, you can't just make it. sure you've got um, an emergency uh, bench cover uh, for the Crows. Uh, some of the players there. Matt Crouch was solid with 106. It's all you can expect from him in a loss, and he was very good still. Yeah. Brody Smith, a lot of people picked him up off the waiver wire. Yeah, great comeback. comeback. 101 was terrific. Um, Was this his second game back or his first? Uh, I've got no idea it was his second. Second, second. And I think he got a good score last week as well. Mm, He was solid. Um, Tom Lynch with 100 was very good as well. Uh, Sloan, 99. Rory Laird, 99. That's a bit better from Laird. Good bounce back from Laird. Yeah, solid from him. Uh, Sammy Jacobs with a 98. Um... Yeah, there's not too many others I really want to go through from Adelaide. Maybe just for draft leagues, just to quickly mention, Hugh Greenwood was very poor in this game. Yeah, very he had poor. a good game the week before as mm. well. So, um, I yeah, yeah. Uh, Wayne Miller as well. Quick mention for keeper leagues. Uh, mm. He's definitely one to look at next year. He's going to be available in I'd say almost every top up draft. Yeah. And if, I'd suggest he'll be a back as well. Yeah, he will be a back. Uh, maybe even a cent, uh, forward back as well. Because mm. he was centre forward this year. Yeah. He was playing a bit more forward before he switched into his defensive role. That yep. could be a very interesting... I think he's one to put on the watch list for mm. sure. For sure. Uh, so, next game of the round was the uh, Sunday game. North Melbourne versus Bulldogs. Bulldogs pulled this out of God knows where. It was absolutely incredible. Bulldogs are finishing their year off really well. They are... I, well, you know, part of the fact is that um, bloody uh, North Melbourne allowed three players to get over 40 possessions <laughs> in a game. Uh, Lockie Hunter, Daniel, and Bontempelli. Uh, uh, McRae. Um, Bont got 35. McRae, sorry. Apologies there. Um, who were both all outstanding. Bontempelli was outstanding too, just uh, not as uh, accumulating uh, yeah. as the others. Um, uh, just, just only 35 touches. Only 35 touches, you know. So... so Three people over 40, and then a 35 as well. Awful from a team that we normally... Say, uh, don't give up. Exactly. Points or... Yeah. It's crazy. So those four guys went 142, 125, 120, and 118. Huge. Um, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. I, I think and that's pretty much all from three quarter, from um, quarter time onwards. Mm. They, they were very very good. But Bulldogs in general were very good. Toby McLean better from him because you know he's locked into most people's top sixes, but he just hasn't been himself the past couple of months. Yeah, a bit under. Yeah, uh, Josh Dunkley, you'd be happy with that if you bought him in last week. Not yeah. overjoyed, but still ninety six is a pretty good forward score. It's yeah. in the Heaney zone, so <laughs> you're still okay with that. Um, yeah. Who else we got there? Not not too much, to be honest. The Bulldogs are one of those teams that have a lot of that top-end talent. Mm. But from a fantasy point of view, maybe you'd look at Johannesson, who did have another solid score with 89. But you you wouldn't be looking at guys like Lipinski or Ruffhead or Jong or like Dale Morris, you know, those sorts of guys. Um, no. Maybe one quickly to mention here is Mitch Wallace. 
Yeah, he's been very good this season, averaging over 83 as a forward, but um, uh, Just 63, 63, not yeah. enough, yeah. Well, he's a forward in our Ultimate Footy, at least, which is the platform yeah. that we like to use most often. Uh, North Melbourne. Yes, Tony Goldstein, 114. Very good score, and he outscored uh, Grundy this week, which is a... But he was playing the Bulldogs. And he we was. Know they give up so many points to opposition ruckmen. Oh my god! Um, mainly because they don't. Have they a don't ruckman, have a ruckman <laughs> except for always injured Ruffhead. Yeah, it's very interesting to see actually at the moment because every single week the past month Tim English has been included as an emergency. So he's been included in the team, which means they're that choosing not. To yeah, play they're him. choosing not to play him. So he's up to AFL standard at the moment. He's not injured, and Beveridge is actively saying. No, we don't want to play a genuine Ruckman. Because the, the guys they're playing mm. as Ruckman, they're not genuine Ruckman. Even Tom Boyd, when he's fit, is not a genuine Ruckman. No, he's not. Although, having said that, they won this week. They, they won last week. Yeah, they've been um, very, very good. What other games have they had recently? They got smashed by the power. All right, question. Um, would they be better with Tim English instead of Jordan Ruffhead? Because oh, I would suggest yes. I think so, but I'm not the person you have to convince. True, yeah. <laughs> and Luke Beveridge uh, I'm all aboard, is a tough yeah. man to convince. I'm all aboard. Um, so, all right, so getting back to North Melbourne, um, Toddy Goldstein was terrific in this game, but yep. again, grain of salt, it was against the Bulldogs. Yep. Uh, Jared Waite, very solid, but... Uh, yep. Came back, Jared had a Waite. great score, just in time to remind us what he can do, and then he... Elbowed something yep. in the face. Mason Wood. I look forward to the risk it for the biscuit <laughs> section later I'll on. I'll tell you now, you got two points. Oh, that was mate. a good pick. Oh, do you know how hard it is to pick a good Mason Wood week? I know you know how hard that I is. I do know how difficult that is. Yeah. <laughs> Very proud of myself. Uh, ben, done. ben Cunnington with an 89 was solid. And it does drop off from there. They just... They didn't have a particularly great game, North Melbourne, to be uh, honest, from a fantasy really, point of view. Really didn't. Uh, a lot of disappointing scores. Paul Ahern as well with 39... Uh, Ryan Clark, 43. Uh, you know, a lot of these guys are on you know, deep draft lists. Luke McDonald, after tempting everyone last year. Oh my God, 33. He's just forgotten how to football again. Yeah, well, he's playing quite well, but he's playing a lockdown locked small, small defender. So, yeah. he's playing the exact opposite to a fantasy role. Yeah, interestingly, um, McMillan and who's the other guy? Um, right. Mm-hmm. I think may have taken that rebounding role that he um, had a little bit last year. Unfortunately for fantasy coaches. Um, all right, we're going to move on to the uh, second last game of the round, which was the Demons versus the Swans. Uh, another terrific game. I mean, this was really close in the end. And uh, from the Swans' point of view, Nick Newman was awesome, and he was good last week as well. He's good most weeks he plays. Uh, yeah, to be yeah, He still gets dropped, though. Mm. Um He's going to be an interesting one to watch for next year because prior to this game, with 119, he was averaging 64 going into this match, which means he's going to be cheap next year as a defender. Is job security still the issue? Oh, God. It's, it makes me so worried, but I'm so tempted as well at the same time. <laughs> uh, Jake Lloyd was great. So was JPK. And uh, Lance Franklin was much Jeez. better this week. 105 points, and he kicked two goals five. Yeah, so he could have been huge. But oh. unfortunately for some coaches out there, because... There's a lot of people out there who'd be bemoaning those five behinds who's saying, like, I lost my final by 10 or 15 points. Come on, buddy, kick straight. Yeah. Um, Isaac Heaney, still pretty much in the Heaney zone. He had a Just terrific broke game. Just through the Heaney zone. Um, Good bounce back, though, because he'd been disappointed for yeah. a few weeks there. Heaney zone, of course, being between 95 and 100, which seems to be all that Heaney scores. So standard deviation is spot on. He's, he's Except pretty... for the last few weeks, which, yeah. as I said, have been very average. Uh, 101 was good from him. Uh, and that mark. Oh, that it was pretty good. That's my mark of the year. I know there's been some amazing marks, but yeah. the acceleration he had into that mark, the height he got and the point that he took the ball, that's my mark of the year. It was pretty good. I'm not prepared to say it's yeah right yeah yeah yet, I, but it's definitely question without notice so. it's definitely in the final oh, few it's yeah. it, it would be one of the contenders mm, I know there's been some outstanding marks this year but yeah. I, I don't care what else like <laughs> um, that that's my mark of the year um, no question uh, George Hewitt was very solid with 100 as well there was some really good depth guys scoring well too with yeah. jo- Dawson going 93 Cunningham 91 Papley 88 Papa Papley himself Papa <laughs> um, Dan Hannibury was yeah 92, 92. I mean, really good from him yeah really good I know which is oh it hurts me not to condes- say. a little bit condescending do you know what his season average was going into this round I'm going to go with 
72. 58. Wow. Was his season average going into this round? Wow. 58.18. I do believe. I, I may need to be corrected on that, but that's what it's saying right here on Fan Footy was his average over the 11 games he's played this year. Okay. Well, which makes me sad. I think we should move on then. Yeah. I think he was priced at 382k last week. I did see that from Oh someone, my god. Yeah. What that everyone's going to be on Dad Hatterbury next year in salary cap. Everybody. Yeah, but every man and his dog will be on Dan Hanabry. But as the as that mid pricer, yeah. Hey, if he moves clubs, if he moves clubs, maybe. Very but... interesting. I'd say even if he stays there, I would I would take him on as a mid pricer. Oh, I'm getting very close to having a never again Ooh. Sydney list <laughs> as a starting players midfielder. like Parker, JPK, two up and down. Now Dan Hanabry as well. Yeah, they've burnt me too many times Ooh. in salary cap. Interesting as a unit. A no Sydney. Or a Sydney never again midfield list. <laughs> to start the season with. I like to it. To start the season. Yeah, you, you wait until they work into it. I like exactly. it. Exactly. Figure out which one's going to be good yeah. that year. We'll move on to the Demons side of the ledger. Um, Clayton Oliver, I mean, we spruiked it all last week that he was the guy to bring in for Gaff and proved it with 127. He was fantastic. Yep. Uh, Angus Brayshaw just motored along again for 108. Great from him. And Tom McDonald getting closer to what he was performing at the start of the season, mm-hmm. which is really good to see. Dom Tyson slotting in uh, Yeah, since nicer. he came back into the side, he's been pretty solid there. Yeah. Um, uh, you know who's been actually quite reasonable as well the past month and a half or so is Christian Petrarca. Just teasing us again towards the end of the season, averaging 92 <laughs> was a forward uh, over the last uh, yeah. five weeks. Um, it's tempting, but no for me for next year. Agreed, Especially yeah. in salary cap. Agreed. I, Drafts is going to be interesting, though. Where yeah, I'm just yeah, not really 100% sure what his ceiling is going to be. No idea what his ceiling is going to be. No idea what his role is going to be. Yeah. Uh, it's, he's too much of an if for me. Keeper leagues, yes. You hold on Absolutely, to him because he... Yeah. You know, he's so young still and he's got all of the attributes there. Yeah. But specifically for next year in drafts and even salary cap, no. Yeah. For but Petrarca they've got that him. many good midfielders. I can see him just playing this role for his career. Mm. But, I mean, if he's averaging 90 to 92 as a pure forward well, for his career, in that. draft leagues, you'd take that every single day of the week, wouldn't you? As a pure forward? Um, yeah, probably. You wouldn't be over ecstatic with it. I mean, he's not the best forward going around. Yeah, he wouldn't around. be your number one forward. But, but as your happy. third forward? Yeah, you'd be very happy. Oh, jeez. Um, some of the other guys there from uh, the Demons. Gorn was very far down below his best with 78. That injury is telling a little bit. Yeah, he 46 um, hit-outs, only seven touches. So, as we mm. said, he's a bit restricted at the moment. Yeah, he's not getting around the ground, not getting up for those big contested marks at the moment. Only um, the two marks. Cal Sinclair, also from the Sydney Swans, only got 68 this week with 13 hit-outs. So, mm. 13 to 46 hit-outs. That was, pretty one-sided, it isn't it? monster. It doesn't need to jump. No, exactly. Um, and if you can't spot anyone else, we might move on to the last game of the round, actually. Um, yep, let's roll. Yeah, let's do it. Which was the... Uh, oh, the, just the superior showing of football excellence that was the Fremantle versus Carlton game. I was at this game. <laughs> yeah. I forgot to ask, actually. Did you enjoy it? I did. Well, First time at the stadium. Really, really Oh, good. it's an amazing stadium, isn't it? Optus yep. Stadium. Oh, really it looks good. terrific. Uh, but... Uh, I mean, Fremantle did get the chocolates in the end. They were that good. That first quarter, though, was... But, oh. I mean, yeah, they're, they're just not playing the most enthusiastically watchable style of play at the moment. No, not really. Um, Ed Langdon was very good, though, for 125. He's been a bit up and down lately, but mm-hmm. his up is really, really good. He's got a great ceiling, doesn't Amazing he, Ed Langdon? Ceiling. And he's still young, so he can get better than this. Yep. Um, Nathan Wilson with 107 was solid. So was David Mundy, who's been very good the last month. I've very been good. really impressed with Mundy, yeah. Uh, Lockie Neal as well. Again, he was best on ground. He was terrific. And he touches. still only had 99 points. He's just... I mean, he's just one of those guys, unfortunately. He's not a fantasy ultra premium, but he's very good. Yeah, perfect draft guy, though. Fantastic. Uh, and he... It's tough to say because Lockie Neal was one of those guys who was so good a couple of years ago and even... Yeah, that he yeah. might go higher than you would, than he necessarily uh, warrants in draft yeah. leagues. Like he's not one of those guys that will. Sl- yeah, he's not going to slip a long way, and you're going to be able. You could probably find someone who will average similar to him a little bit further down the draft order. Yeah. yeah, 
for next year. Um, Sean Darcy was very good with a 93 as well, mm-hmm. um, showing signs for next year. I mean, we all know he's got the ability in him to be a great fantasy ruckman. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I mean, some poorer scores there as well. Michael Walters is out for the season, unfortunately, for our draft owners. That's a bit of a uh, shot in the Achilles there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he yeah, hadn't it, really been amazing for the last little while anyway. So. No, but this is that time of year where in draft leagues, just every injury just yeah, hurts. Your, your depth is really st- stressed. Horrible. Um, Luke Ryan was down as well. and His second half of the year has been so bad. Woeful. Absolutely woeful. And he had hamstring soreness as well in the first quarter, but came back before oh, quarter time. That. So... Yeah, that was a bit iffy. Uh, Switkowski Switkowski. was very good in the first quarter and then fell away after that. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's not too much more to say. I mean, Brad Hill, I know, was locked down by uh, uh, Lockie O'Brien. So Mm. two wingmen playing on each other just couldn't... Neither of which could score. So that was unfortunate for him. And for draft owners. uh, On the blues side of the ledger, Matthew Lobby has been so good. He has, hasn't he? Yeah. What are his numbers? I think, Let's have a look. I think he's gone 86, something else half decent, and then 103 maybe. Or maybe it's just 86 and 103. But even then, as a... I think it's only been two games. As a fill-in Ruckman that you might have picked up for absolutely, like, peanuts. Yeah. He, was, he has been very good for draft league owners out there. Uh, Paddy Cripps, I mean, 102. Happy with that, aren't you? Uh, even in salary cap leagues, you know, he's he's broken the uh, the ton. And that's kind of what you're looking for. Yeah. Oh, Lobs actually had four games. Oh, 86, yeah. 80, 76, 103. There you go. Owned by 67% of teams. You could do far worse than him in Ultimate Footy. Particularly considering he has Bulldogs this week. Oh, my God. They. Oh, Jesus. Go out and get Matthew Lobby. If you don't have Matthew Lobby, you're, you're fantasying wrong in draft leagues because he's yep. going to rip it apart this week. He should destroy and, them. And... Uh, it's been confirmed that Cruiser is out for the rest of the season with that erratic heartbeat, unfortunately. So yep. he's, his spot in the side is uncontested. Uh, Mark Murphy as well with 100. Nice to see from Murphy. Um, not too much in terms of positives that I want to talk about from Carlton. Cade Simpson's a bit of a disappointment there with 72. You'd be hoping for better from him. But he, yeah. did, he copped a pretty big corky in the fourth quarter as well. Um, yeah, it... Only 20 touches, a mm. little bit unders for him. Umpires were favouring him a bit as well. He had five free kicks, four, <laughs> so it's, which is always good. Um, yeah, but apart from that, again, Carlton are going to be a better team next year, I would suggest, when some of these guys get more time in the gym and more experience together, gelling. That can't be much worse. But Yeah, but you can't really gauge some of their fantasy. Like, just the stocks for players like, you know, uh, Lockie O'Brien, we were big on. Paddy Dow, we were big on. Yep. Uh, some of these guys are just There's falling so much. Uh, nice. Caleb Marchbank, who was one of my boys for the past two years, just yep. falling again. I still like all of them. So do I, but it's, like I say, they're playing in such a bad team. Just like Gold Coast, it's a lot of... difficult to tell what they're going to serve up each week. Exactly. So... Something's got to give next year. Um, if they put in another performance like this next year, so over the entire season, the coach will go. There's no question about that for me. Um, yeah, I can't but, argue against that too much. But if they, which means uh, they'll get a new style of play, which means that they could do better from that. And if they don't, uh, you know, if they improve next year, then you'll only see uh, good things happen on the fantasy sheets. Yep. Yeah, and that is the round for the week. So hopefully we helped you out with some of your issues there. But join us again for part two of the podcast. We'll be back for our mailbag section. And also, and of course, with prelim finals around the corner and your grand final just two weeks away, risk it for the biscuit. Our favorite game of the Mm. week becomes ever more important. So tune in for the mailbag up next, guys.